Hello, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. My name is Cosmos Dar, and this is Extraordinary America. What is Extraordinary America? Well, you see, America has always been about freedom, opportunity, and the pursuit of happiness. However, most Americans are not free when it comes to the financial front. Most Americans are suffering from financial slavery due to loss of jobs, stagnant wages, inflation, and debt. Wealth and income inequality is the norm now, and the middle class has all but disappeared. So Extraordinary America is about the abolition of financial slavery. It is about the financial freedom of the 99%. It is about the nation of immigrants and the descendant of immigrants restoring the extraordinary within themselves and setting themselves free. The path to financial freedom is through financialist education. It is through becoming entrepreneurs and investors on the light side. In this podcast, I interview fellow Americans who fought against the odds. Many of them came from humble beginnings to see how they did it. It is my hope through these interviews that the extraordinary within you shall awaken and that you will abolish financial slavery from your life and realize the American dream. Once again, welcome to Extraordinary America. Hello, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. Welcome back to the show. For today's guest, we have Shelby Jolong. Shelby is a serial entrepreneur, senior vice president, author, podcaster, and professor. She is the CEO of Business Dynamics, Expertise Project, and Rogue Publishing Partners. She is the senior vice president of the Strategic Advisor Board, which is about 10 high-level CEOs that help small businesses succeed. She's also a professor of communication studies at Rocky Mountain College. Shelby authored the book called I See Your Genius, Transform Your Idea into Income, where she talks about identifying the value of unique genius, monetization strategies for your ideas, and a step-by-step process to create income from your expertise. Her passion is to help you discover and harness the power of your own genius so that you can be financially free. She came from relatively humble beginnings and is an embodiment of someone that thought and acted in certain ways to overcome great odds to become very successful. I believe that she's an extraordinary American, so I've invited her as a guest on this show. Shelby, are you there? Yeah. Shelby, wel- welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, thanks. How, how are you? Thank you for that introduction. That's a uh, that's, uh, very nice introduction, so thank you for that. Oh, no, like, no problem. It's, it's, I, had a, I had a question. So, like, you're, I know you're a serial entrepreneur. You're an author. You're a podcaster. You're a professor. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you got started? Yeah, the, I would say the serial entrepreneur part is more of a recent part of my story rather than the foundational part. But uh, just to, kind of a broad background, uh, I've been, I'm a communication studies professor. I teach business communication. I have been for, uh, for the past 17 years here at the college, Rocky Mountain College. But then I also, my other background to that is that I'm a collegiate debate coach and I've been in collegiate debate for much longer than that. So I coached for five years before I started working here and I competed when I was in college. And so that's kind of the background to it. So I'd been in academia for quite some time. And then my entre- I got the entrepreneurial bug more, I'm probably, I've been working on and off with organizations, consulting and organizational culture and all, all sorts of training activities. And then I decided to formalize that into a practice probably four years ago is when I started my business consulting and coaching business. And then, then now it's 
now as 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 my business partner would say, I keep collecting businesses because it just makes sense to put businesses together so you can have more power in the marketplace. But I do have my own business, Business Dynamics, which is where I help people create businesses out of their ideas, their genius. And then I, I'm on the strategic advisor board, as you said, with the 10 high-powered CEOs. And then I have a publishing group too. And I'm one of six directors in that publishing group that kind of formed out of publishing my book. So there's a few different places, but it just just seems like there's more opportunity when there's more people involved. And that collaboration space is really key, which I think my background definitely speaks to. So, But Shelby, it's pretty extraordinary that you like are managing to do so many businesses simultaneously. Like it requires a certain level of like thinking and like a certain work ethic to even do that. And like, I think most most Americans would want to know what that work ethic exactly is. But like, I wanted to ask you, what is, what is your, what was your strategic goal and vision regarding your life and your career altogether through like from the beginning till like right now? Another, another kind of interesting background of mine. Uh, I grew up on a farm. So I grew up on a farm and ranch and I, you know, I did all the farming and ranching responsibilities like feeding cattle and, driving a hay truck and a harvest truck in the summer and so, so you went I, from you went from that to being a serial entrepreneur like okay what is the story behind that it's both my parents are entrepreneurs my dad's a farmer but he was also involved in local politics and i grew up in that space which is i mean there's there's not much harder workers anywhere than when on a farm. You don't ever have a break when you're on a farm and you're busy year round and there's always something to do. And so there was that kind of that background and my dad and my mom really, my mom's a real estate agent. My dad ran the farm. And so there's definitely part of their identity and part of my foundational skills is from that. And then it, I never really had the desire to start my own business not until later. I was I was pretty comfortable in the school setting, um, pretty comfortable in the debate world, pretty comfortable in the communication, teaching communication. And then then I started to think of that power of those ideas outside of the classroom and how important I think it is for students to think about their skills outside of the classroom. And then I thought it was important for me to think about that. Now I have have a pretty robust business helping people discover that transition and what can make that transition. And then, you know, you ask about all three, I do have three businesses and I'm still teaching part-time, uh, but how I kind of make it all work together, it does come down to my work ethic, but it also comes down that that everything is pretty aligned. And it's when you want to build a business or when you have the desire to build a business around your genius and your expertise, there's a lot of things that are attached to it. It's not just one thing. It's not just a solo message that you have or a solo audience that you're speaking to. There's many different ways to attract audiences and communicate with audiences. And, and it's it speaks to the discipline. So they all kind of work together. So I do work with businesses on the strategic scaling level, but a lot of that has to do with communication and understanding your goals and understanding the network of how to get there there's a lot there's a lot of communication pieces to that too so they're very all of the all the pieces are very synergistic because i talk about the same things in many of the spaces so and communication skills are 
really leadership skills. So that's kind of the broad overview really, of that. But it does come from a farming background. No, like I find it interesting because, you know, a lot, most people, like they normally exchange their time for money and they're working for other people's companies. But you came from a farm and then like you had an entrepreneurial, like you had parents who are entrepreneurial and uh, like as a, like they had an entrepreneurial spirit. And then you basically show people how to monetize their ideas and make businesses out of it. But I feel like that should be done on like a national scale, you know, like uh, like it should be done for more people because then more people could be, they could be free to live out their dreams, but they're not able to do that because they're too busy exchanging their time for other people's businesses. I I totally agree. And, but I totally agree with that. And, but it's a lot of it too is about the, it's it's a lot about mindset too, right? Like what we're taught to you know, that that what's normal is for you to go to school and to find a job and to retire in a job. And I think that narrative has really changed, particularly over the past couple of years with the pandemic. And well, and it was even before pandemic. Pandemic just kind of sped things up. But there are so many opportunities and the marketplace has just exploded with the ability to connect with people all over the world and to be able to create an impact in a lot more places than just the region that you grow up in. So there's, yes, and I, th I think it's, it's, it's not undiscovered because people have discovered it, but now it's people taking the opportunity and understanding, you know, I help, I help people develop kind of their side hustles and then eventually they can be making enough money in their side hustle to get out of their business. Like there's a, you can either drop it all or you can either build it and then jet, but there's a, there's a process to do that. And there's a way to do that. And depending on your resources and the time that you have. No, too. I mean, so, so the reason I'm bringing it up is because you're a professor in a college, but most colleges, they don't actually teach all that. They are basically either giving you like a liberal arts degree or some degree that's useless, or they're teaching you how to become a good worker for somebody's company. They're not actually teaching what you're teaching, which is basically how to monetize your ideas and like turn it into a business and become financially free. Like to make get start as a, it starts as a side hustle, but then slowly you monetize it and grow it. And then you can leave your, this thing and just follow your passions. Like usually in colleges and universities all across this country and even across the world, they don't actually teach that. Like there's a system in place to make you go through a nine to five. And I mean, I, I don't know, like maybe it's changing a lot in the last two years, but still a great majority still believe in that system, you know? Right. And I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you on that. But I don't know if it's intentional, if that makes sense. I think it's the, it's part of the curriculum and it's kind of what you do. And I mean, really, it's the same skills, like a liberal arts degree or a business degree. Those teach you skills and then what students or graduates do with those skills, whether they start their own business or whether they get into a job, whatever that is, then it's it's just the application of that. But just even the thinking about what are the possibilities. And I think that's one thing that I was that I was why I started my own business, because I, I wanted to discover the possibilities and the impact I could make with my genius outside of the classroom and that it's and I and I think I'm I feel like I'm doing it at the right time where there's 
many people are seeking for an opportunity to find a new way to be fulfilled with what they're doing and to create a job that they want to do. And I think it's, it's a good time to do that. So I mean, I, I've been discussing, like I've, I've interviewed a, uh, a lot of other entrepreneurs and they're all agreeing that uh, the reason for that is because, because there's no job security, you know, like you could be working a, there used to be something called job loyalty back in the day, but that's absent in today's world. Like companies could just, fire you just like that. There's Absolutely. inflation going on continuously and then the wages are not matching up with inflation that you have to adapt. But the one thing I, one thing I does go, I know that when I was in college, I wish there was a, a like a, somebody that taught me what you were teaching through like your book or through your programs where you have this idea and you monetize it. Instead of like a senior design project, I, I did an engineering degree, but instead of like, a senior design project, would be, the project would be something like, hey, uh, start a business, come up with a business idea and show me a way to monetize it. Give me a business plan and execute this and I'm going to grade you on that. And then you just become financially free while you're doing the college. Like that would have been the ideal college setting. You know, like this is what should be taught in the universities, but it's not, it's not, it's not become mainstream. That's, that's my point. Yeah, I, and I don't think it is. It will be next semester when <laughs> both my classes are going to do that. So that's, oh, really? I would do that next semester with my classes because uh, it's pretty intuitive to, it, it's intuitive for me, but like you have to have a pretty, you know, secure idea of who you are and who your what your skills are and what your strengths are. And then what's your passion? What are you passionate about? Who do you want to talk to? And then what problem are you solving? So it's a, uh, there is a step-by-step -step process to it. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it to the test this next semester. That, that would be awesome, actually. Yeah. But Shelby, what is the biggest lesson you learned all throughout your years doing, doing business and just like teaching people how to, uh, how to do, how to do their own business? I think there, there's a few, uh, first of all, for yourself as an entrepreneur, it's important to trust yourself and to trust those people around you and surround your, yourself with people, with trusted people that you, that, that you can learn from. And that's not even necessarily a mentorship opportunity, even though that, even though the mentorship is so key, but to be around people and to be having conversations in the space that you want to be. I think that's key because we get stuck in this mindset of, you know, I'm comfortable here, my skills, I can use them here. And to think about, you know, in, in academia, I've used those skills. I'm a good teacher. I like being in the classroom. I like all of those things, but I have to really test it. And I really have to shift my mindset and trust my expertise and my genius when I take it outside of that space, because I've been here for so long. I think there's a lot of people that are in that space too, that they're in a space, they're comfortable and, but then they don't, it's risky and it takes a certain mindset to be able to do that. And trusting yourself is first and key to it. So I'd say that and to be around people that you trust. And then it's okay to take risks. And I think that's another part too, about being an entrepreneur, at least lesson that I discovered along my journey is that it's risky. and. Yes, with the economy that we can't necessarily control, the inflation, pandemic, the shutdown, whatever it is, that you have to be able to 
adapt and move and pivot what you're doing to be able to match the situation. And when you create a business out of your genius, out of your ideas, it's easy to do that, but it's much more adaptable and malleable than, than you know, a certain job in a certain industry. And I think that's what makes it, it doesn't necessarily make it recession proof, but it does allow you to adapt it because it comes down to your core principles that you decide for your core offer and then adapting it to the situation around you. So I think those are kind of the two lessons. Trust yourself and then don't be afraid to move and shift and your so, ideas. So Shelby, here's the thing. A lot of people are afraid of taking financial risk to start a business because, you know, sometimes like a lot of the times it takes capital. I wouldn't say a lot, like most of the time it takes capital to, unless you're doing like an online business or something like that. Like it usually takes capital to start, but there's always a big risk. And a lot of people have families and they have mm -hmm. commitments and they got to do their job as well. Like what would you tell that? What would you tell somebody that wants to start a business, but is afraid of the financial risk, but wants to set themselves free? I would say that. Yes, it is a risk, but you can do it in a way where you can pay for the changes as you go along. Uh, you, it, yes, stopping cold turkey, what you're doing and shifting to something takes a lot of resources. Shifting to another industry, shifting to another career, that takes resources. But there is a way, particularly in this industry, where in, in, the, in the just open marketplace that we have to build your ideas you don't have to do it all at once you can build upon them and then in the process that i take clients through the discovery of the other opportunities that you have it's not just the one thing that you're developing there are many different arms to that and different ways that you can interact with your audience like i teach people how to put together a curriculum or a program for their core offer for their coaching business or consulting business or if they are if they're a service-based industry, like a, like a private medical office, how can you develop a consulting arm to your business? And it's not something that you can do, something you can do in addition to your other job and develop on that. And then you always want to be responsible and like make enough money for the next step. So that's kind of a way to think about it. And that's maybe less risky than other entrepreneurs, but that's a, that's a way that you can test your ideas in the marketplace and build upon your ideas in the marketplace. So that, that is pretty true, Shelby, but a lot of like people, they think entrepreneurship is just daunting and it's pretty challenging. So uh, what, would, what was something that was really challenging for you during your entrepreneurial journey and how did you exactly overcome it? My biggest challenge and uh, my biggest challenge came down with it, it came down with adapting to a new audience. And and when I made the transition to the classroom, you know, teaching in a classroom and all these principles and ideas that I teach and I test and I make sure the audience is understanding very valuable information, communication principles that are key to business. And then when I step into the business space, the challenge was that, that that expertise doesn't just shift across. I have to speak about things differently and I have to apply things differently because in a business, time is money. And if you don't, if you're not thinking about like a return on investment or not thinking about thinking about 
what is this information going to do for your business and how can it make a difference in your business? There was a there's a change in the expertise that, yes, the principles were the same, but I had to communicate about them in a very different way. And I think I think that was a challenge for many businesses, particularly in the pandemic, when they had to communicate with their clients in a very different way. If you're in the insurance industry or the real estate industry or the restaurant industry, like you're the way that we communicate, we're no longer in a handshake society, right? Post pandemic, maybe we're now we're getting back there, but we had to change the way that we communicate and the way that we, we relate to each other. And I think that's, that's a challenge for all business owners. And that was one of the biggest challenges for me is discovering that my expertise <laughs> is maybe very comfortable and very fluid in one space, but in another space, I had to think about it differently. So it's, it was a mindset challenge, but then also it's, it's pretty humbling too. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges of being an entrepreneur is, is going through that and understanding that I don't know all the answers. I have to be able to pivot and move and understand the needs of my audience. I think that's a, that's one of the biggest challenges I had. In the so I think, I, I think there's this uh, one entrepreneur that I uh, talked with and he talked about, you know, you have like the strategic goal and vision and remains fixed, but you have to uh, reiterate like six or seven times and keep pivoting until you find the solution. But a lot of times people, they want to do, um, they have the strategic goal and vision, but they don't pivot. They continue to work at it on, and then they just keep failing again and again and then they just give up when they, all they had to do was think about it in a different way. Right. And, that that I think does dissuade a lot of people. So yeah, sure. I just failure I, is not fun. Nobody likes to fail, and then <laughs> it's not fun. Nobody likes to fail. So it's it's, it's more like a it's more, it's more like a mindset though, right? Like you can see right. failure as data collection or data in, or like mm -hmm. collecting data, and it's not really a fail. It's merely a stepping stone to success. Right, and it's sometimes just like a mindset like that, a mind shift that basically makes a difference between success. Uh, ultimate success and just a failed business. A hundred percent, hundred percent. That's uh, so true. And but even even though it's you can see failure as a step, a stepping stone towards success. When you're in it, <laughs> it doesn't feel that way because oh, totally yeah, it, yeah. it, it's hard and nobody likes to fail. And you have this great idea and then it just flops. Yes, it's data. Yes, it's something to move towards that. But then, then, then maybe, but it's like I said, it's humbling and it's, it is about mindset and it is about surrounding yourself in a community that is supportive and that can help you in the direction of the pivot, you know? So it's, it just, yes, but, but it does come down to trusting yourself and trusting your true foundational genius. And that it does have value and that you, we just haven't figured out the right way to introduce it to the marketplace, maybe. But that's a, that is a challenge. I think that's, it's a mindset challenge and being in a community is really key to help get through that. So I mean, it's, it's usually all is about identity and then mindsets and thoughts and actions that come from that. And I, I, this is something that I've been wanting to ask you, right? So, you know, in your book, which I'm going to ask you later about uh, in this interview, um, you mentioned about foundational identity, knowing who you are. And then like, I was thinking about how, like, like my own show, it's story America, where it's about American identity, applying to financial freedom and how 
Our identity is about freedom and it's about the entrepreneurial spirit and it's about the pursuit of happiness and finding a way. What are your thoughts on, uh, on the American identity and as it relates to entrepreneurship and financial freedom? I think that's a, that, you know, financial freedom and the American dream, you know, that's all kind of tied in together and that you can be here and be who you want to be and create the empire that you want to create and to have the freedom to be able to do that. So, so yes, I agree with that. But then you have to take this. It doesn't just happen. It's a journey and that you can continually take steps towards that journey. And, and some people might not ever be done, right? You could be the richest man in the world and still not be done creating your empire, right? So it's, so it's more about, it's more not, not even about achieving an academic, an academic, the American dream. It's more about the pursuit of the American dream and that you, and I feel that, that it's an opportunity that we have to do that. I kind of feel that too, that when I work with clients about creating a business out of their genius, that it's your, it's your opportunity to share that with the world. And it's your opportunity to make an impact and, and you'll transform someone's lives if you get your, if you get your idea out there, because your story will connect with somebody, and your inspiration will inspire somebody else, or a business, or a partnership, whatever that is, inspire them to take that next step and create something else in the American dream. We have such an opportunity to do that, and the fight. You know, we talked earlier about the financial freedom. There is, there's a lot to be said for, you know, spending a lot. Le- for not trading your time for money because our time is pretty limited. You know, I've got two little kids. I've got a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old and I have a husband. I I have a family that I am, three businesses and I teach. So it's like all of these things. That is, that is, I don't know how you do that. That is, Shelby. <laughs> yeah. You've got something about your work ethic that you got to put in a sheet and people will actually pay money for that. <laughs> I mean, how do you manage to do that? I mean, you have a family, you got kids, you yeah, and then on top of that, you're a serial entrepreneur. Then you're doing you're doing podcasts, and then you're writing a book. I mean, wow, it's a lot. But again, all of my businesses and teaching is all pretty synergistic, so they all feed into each other. And it's not like I have to, I don't really have to prep for class anymore, you know, because I've taught it a hundred times. And a lot of those principles, and I t- we talk about foundational identity, a lot of those principles have been with me for years. And so all of those things are core. That foundational identity is core to your communication and to how you show up in, the, in, in your space, in your entrepreneurial venture. And, and another thing is time management. Like you have to block your time and make sure that you reserve space for, I reserve space for, my publishing group. I reserve space for the strategic advisor board. I reserve space for my own business. And then I, I definitely reserve space for my kids because my kids are only young ones. So, yeah. No, that, that's awesome. I mean, I, I, I keep asking about the foundational identity because uh, mm-hmm. I think I sincerely believe uh, if most Americans, they, they really think about their identity as Americans, and they and their desire to be free, and they know that they're born to be free. They'll naturally start thinking the same. They'll they'll start adopting these entrepreneurial mindsets, 
and their capabilities and the thoughts and actions. And naturally, they'll start on the process. Like if they do like the way you did, like where you find, find these ideas and then you try to monetize them and you think in that way and they're focusing on their own foundational identity as an American, then, and it, this happens on a mass level, that there can be a lot of change in not just the economy of this country, but overall everything else. Because it all comes down to identity ultimately. And that's the reason why I started Extraordinary America in the first place. Yeah, it does come down to identity. And not only the identity that you think you are, but the identity that you want to be. And so there's, there's a, there's a, I talk about this in the book too, because I made the transition from a full-time professor to an entrepreneur. And that's a, that's a challenging step today. I talked about how challenging it was to adjust my communication and whatever, but it's from a very comfortable place where I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I still do enjoy what I'm doing. I love teaching. There's something about it that really feeds me. But then to step into the unknown and the uncertain. And I think that's, that's part of the American dream. The extraordinary experience that we have is that, yeah, it's uncertain, but we have the opportunity to create and to innovate and discover ways to make it viable. And you can make as much money as you want. And maybe you want to make Shelby, maybe I agree. Make 20 grand. Maybe you want to make a million, whatever you can do, whatever you want. You just have to step into that space. I, I'm saying that our system, like, is create like all the universities and colleges, like, they, they're not doing what you're suggesting. They're basically trying <laughs> to make you a worker. But that, but the real American identity is about that entrepreneurial and innovative spirit. Like you said, it's about thinking in a certain way. It's about be, we should be having courses and classes that teach you how to be an entrepreneur and how to make business and how to monetize. That is what, that is like the true American identity because that's the spirit. That's what we were founded upon. Like that's what you did, right? Like you're basically an extraordinary American, which is why I have you on the show, you know, because you're doing what people should be doing on a mass level already. Like this is the future of our country. If we do it in this way, there will be, there will be a great positive change. And I truly believe that. But I wanted to ask you, Shelby, what is the biggest hurdle that most Americans have when it comes to realizing the American dream and how would they overcome this hurdle? I, that's a, that's a big question. I, I think it's the, I think there's a, I don't think we can abandon corporations, right? Like we, it's, it's going to be, it's a pretty big economic shift. Everybody jumps ships and they're entrepreneurs, but there is an opportunity, but there is an opportunity for that. But because the foundation of, you know, our corporations and the automotive industry and all those things, like those are pretty foundational things that we have. And you can be innovative in that space. But I think that, I think the challenge is tradition. And I think there's, you know, there's that, it's this comfort that we have in, in these spaces where maybe we're not making those big decisions and where maybe maybe not necessarily in school, but like even our parents and the former generations, like you get into a job and you stay in this job because it's secure and you'll retire and then you can live out on social security. Like that dream, that dream is gone, right? So you can't, we can't trust that we're going to have that. So being able to, we live in a space where we can create our own future. 
And I think that's, I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest challenges is like getting away from a comfortable space into an uncomfortable space of the unknown economy and the unknown entrepreneurial journey. I think that's the biggest challenge to go from something that you should be doing to something that you want to do. I think that's those, that's a space that is not only that's, it might be encouraged by our colleges. I don't know if I'd say that, but but we it is a training, you know, it does train for being involved in our in our general economy. And being involved in our general economy is looking a little bit different because there's a lot of side hustles. The gig economy is a real thing, right? There's you can be an Uber driver and be an entrepreneur. You know, it's like you can do anything that you want. You just have to figure out a way to get there. I was talking to one of my colleagues over, he is a professor of entrepreneurship over in Pennsylvania. And he said, he said that 40% of the students that graduate from the college he teaches at are going to be in the gig economy. And so he's going to use my book in his, in his class because it teaches you how to make a business out of your gig, right? If you're a musician or you're an actor or whatever, it teaches teaches you the process of how to create a business around your ideas. And that's something that, and I think that speaks to kind of this shift or the shift that might need to happen to have more of that inspiration and creative thinking on the outside to be able to, yes, contribute to the economy, but not necessarily in the way that we might think traditionally that we need to. So. No, totally. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, so Shelby, I would mean to ask you about your book, um, I, which is I See Your Genius Transforming Your Idea into Income. Can you tell us, can you tell us and like the audience a little bit more about the premise of this book and how you got started and a little bit more about the book in general? Yeah, I, to start off, it wasn't supposed to be a book about my entrepreneurial journey. But it turned into that. And then it, and then what the, the core piece of the book, uh, the core piece of the book is the, the path of monetization called the magic of monetization, which is the whole second and third section. How we think about our expertise differently, how we position our ideas with the right audience in this wide open marketplace, how we articulate to a certain audience what the value is and what problem we solve. So that's the majority of it. And then I walk people through the process that I help my clients do when discovering the power of their expertise. But then the background, so that's kind of the core piece of the book is the, is it give, it's the how-to of how to do those things. And it's the process that I walk my clients through. Uh, but then the background of that too gets into where I discovered it was so important to have a connection to your foundational identity was after... I was in a car wreck at the end of my junior year of high school and I was I had a traumatic brain injury. I was in a coma for 16 days and oh. I was in rehab after that. Uh, very, very fortunately, I was able to return. That was the end of my junior year of high school. I was able to return to school my senior year and I was blissfully ignorant that I wasn't really all there. And uh, I just went back and did all the things that I did before. I participated on the debate team. I was on student council. I was in all the AP math and English classes. 
because that's where I had set up. That's what I had. That's just what I'd done. And I didn't do them as well, but I was in that space. And I did. I do feel like I made a full recovery from the brain injury, but it it took a while to do that. And it was about three years after the wreck happened where I kind of felt like all the synapses were firing again. And in the book, I contribute a lot of that recovery to my core foundational skills, which I feel are also synonymous with the core of my business, which is communication skills and understanding your core intuition and your core genius of being able to adapt to your communication to an audience. Because that's really what an entrepreneurial journey is all about, is adapting your experience to someone else's experience so they pay for their problem to be solved. But that's really, I feel that my participation in debate and speaking and communication was a way that I recovered. But then I also feel that that was laid the foundation for my business. So a lot of, a lot of interesting synergy in those, in the two pieces, the recovery from the brain injury and then the foundation of my, my um, business. So I think, I think it's really crazy how you found the core, because uh, I think a, a number of years ago, I, I I I mentioned probably uh, early in this interview that I read a book about it. It was about neurolinguistic programming, and it was about how everything stems from your core identity, and then from that comes your thoughts, actions, beliefs, and all of that about reality and the world around you. And then from there comes your capabilities and what you're capable of. Because without your belief system, without the right belief system, you're not going to have the capabilities, right? And then from there comes your deeds, behaviors, actions, and then. It, and then you influence the environment around you. And so like Absolutely. That's yeah. That's so yes. I that this so much synergy with those two things. It's like it discovering I didn't realize it at the time, but I just kind of went back and did everything that I did. But it was so core to how I operated my brain worked and how I solved problems and to how I understood the world around me. Which sounds very similar to what to what Shelby, you're Shelby, what we're talking about is probably really deep. So I, I want the audience to know, uh, to like to really pay attention. If you change your identity or you know who you are and you have an identity that's rooted in success, then all your thoughts and actions are going to follow accordingly. Like this, that's the main, so that was the most exciting thing about the book. Like when I was looking at the book and about the summary, I was like, wow, she gets it, you know? It's all stemming down to the identity of who you are, you know? And so, yeah, I definitely would recommend my audience to read your book. Uh, it's called I See Your Genius. Uh, basically, transform your idea into income. And on a different note, I know that you were doing this project called the Expertise Project. Shelby, right. can, you, can you tell the audience a little bit more about that? Yeah, and the... The last part of the book is actually all about the expertise project because that's the step-by-step kind of the how-to, how to create a business out of your out of your ideas. Because there's so, the act, so, so basically the actions that the behaviors necessary to to implement the identity that's already there. Like okay, because it has a lot to do with your brand or who you are and the audience you're speaking to. So what's your brand? Who you're connecting with? And then what's your idea? Like. And that's a challenging thing to break down too, because your idea might have 
50 steps. You need to break that down into smaller steps, palatable steps to walk people through that. So what's your idea? And then how do you launch it into the marketplace? How do you find the right place in the marketplace for it? And there's quite a few different steps involved with that because it has everything to do with positioning and speaking to your audience, understanding where the best place for your ideas are. And then we talk about integration, which is building a community around and a movement around your experience and your ideas and creating a community of that transformational journey that you're walking your audience through with your idea. So it goes through those four main phases and then uh, then it walks you through the process. And that's the expertise project. So the expertise project came before the book came. So I was launching that. I launched the program about the same time that I was starting to write my book and start to talk about my accident and all that kind of stuff. And then it all kind of gelled together. It's really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, so Shelly, is there any other work that you're currently working on that's in synergy with the expertise project and your book? Yeah, I'm working on a few things. I'm working on a second book, actually. And it's it's... I don't know what the title of it is, but it's going to be around the art of leadership and uh, how very how you show up in your genius are your leadership skills. And, you know, yes, you can create a business out of your genius, but then actually performing that genius in the marketplace. It's going to be called the art of leadership and talking a lot about how to how to develop those skills and how to adapt those skills to the audience a lot more about it's going to be a lot more about audience rather than and adapting your genius to that audience rather than what is your core identity. So that's kind of the next step. And then I see I see a third book after this. There's going to be three genius space and, of course, contributing authors. But there's I'm going to put that in the organizational space, too, because I do a lot of work in organizational leadership and culture and diversity and inclusion. And so that's going to be in the third book. So. That Lots. is awesome, Shelby. So, uh, Shelby, how can our audience connect with you to get to know more about you and what you're doing and your work and all of that? Yeah, I'm I'm very active on social media, so you can find me Shelby Joe Long on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Uh, but I, my website is also shelbyjoelong.com, and uh, you find a link there that you can reach out to me or reach out to me on any social media. And uh, I'd love to have a conversation to just in just to inspire people to think differently about where they're at and what they've been taught and what they can do with what the skills that they've developed. The marketplace is wide open for it. And I hope that people get that out of this interview. Well, Shelby, I mean, I wanted to let you know that you're actually pretty much an extraordinary American when it comes to just these thoughts and actions all together. I, uh, I, that, that's one of the reasons I got you at the show in the first place. Cause that's basically what you have to do in order to succeed. Like you got to think in a certain way and you have to basically monetize your passion and whatever you're passionate about. A lot of people, they fear going into the wild, like going into the unknown, but you're somebody that did it and you did it with a family. Like you had a family and it, you basically, uh, like you came from a farm and then you succeeded against all the odds. So I think that your story is pretty inspirational. Your way of looking into the world is absolutely motivational to be honest like, oh thank you that's it's humbling that's very nice to hear thank you it's yeah, what i, I feel would, inspired to do 
So, well, Shelby, I would definitely want you to come back to the show at a later date. And I want to conclude this, uh, this episode by telling my fellow extraordinary Americans that there's an extraordinary American within each and every one of us. And it's our duty to awaken it and unleash it. Until next time, bye for now. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for watching Extraordinary America. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. Remember that the best investment that you can make in your lifetime is in your own financial education, for it is knowledge that truly sets you free. Also remember that uh, your purchasing power is being diluted through inflation, and then the practical thing to do is to protect the loss of your purchasing power by investing in precious metals or the right cryptocurrencies. Also, never forget that you are an extraordinary American. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.